Football. It is Wednesday, September 13th. My name is Daniel Dopp here with Mike Clay and Field Yates. Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. Guys, it is so great to see your faces here with my two best friends. How are you doing today? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you made it, though. You made it. I did. You made That's it. the I, important uh, part. You made it, Daniel. This. I was waiting I for it. I caught the important part of yesterday's show, which was uh, you I appreciate here. you listening to the shows that you're not on, I did. Mike. I tune That's... in once in a while when there's big news, like like, like your situation. Like me myself Good out of the story. car. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the only thing in the football world over the past 36 hours. That was the big yeah, thing on yesterday's show, yeah. yeah. That was really frustrating. I got to be honest. You You get a phone call. You give a phone call to a locksmith, and you know what they say? Yeah, See we'll send someone hours. out in a little bit. And mm. it's like, do you have an ETA on a little bit? And they're like, nope, whenever our guy comes available. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, I, I got work in 30 minutes, guys. Yeah. That's just like when you need like work on your cable or something. And they say, we'll be there between the hours of eight and five or that something. That is exactly like, okay, what well, it was I'll just like. sit here all day and wait. I'll tell you what, Field Jace did an awesome job with Stefania being able to do an incredible Tuesday show. Thank wow. you, Field, for doing that for You're me. So welcome, that I Daniel. To be here. You forgot the part that's like the final straw for when you actually lock your keys in the car. Is that first of all, it sucks. You have to call someone. You have so to wait mad. several hours. Yeah. And then once they get your keys out of your car, they'll be like, okay, that's $419. Exactly. Yep. And you're like, well, there's no recourse, right? Like, there's no other way to do this. Nope. There's no alternative option to get my car keys out. So I will fork over $419. Insult to injury is Did how Did you it invoice felt. Mike for that? Because indirectly, it was Mike's fault. It, it probably was. I was going to say, like, on top of that $419, you also have to refill your gas tank because your car was yeah, running. My car was that's running another $419 wow. these You're days. Right. So that's that's rough. That's it was a, a really tough Tuesday for me, guys, is all I'm trying to say. Maybe give me a follow on the X at Daniel Dopp. A little bit of love will go a long way. We got a lot we're going to talk about on the show today. Guys, it is week two rankings. You know how in week one... One, we were just sort of trying to figure out how we rank guys because yeah. we don't really know. Well, in week two, we got one week to be able to overreact. So now it's easy. Right. Now we definitely know yeah. everything about our rankings <laughs> going forward. It took me like five Absolutely. seconds. It's like, this is easy. Now we know exactly where they're going really to finish every it week. It really now. was. You know, I do, do you think people care about how we come together or how we make our rankings? Do they care or no? As long as they're correct, I don't. I, I don't think, think that's so. No, no, I'm just curious. Like, do you think people are interested in the process? I yeah, if, I think to an extent. I think there's so some people who don't have a, a lot of time. Yeah. Um, actually, I have an article which I don't think we've talked about this. Just kind of a quick like how to run your team in 15 minutes if you don't have a lot of time. And a lot of times that is just this is the guy. The I, I have a, I have an injured guy. I put him on IR. I just pick up the top projected guy, plug him in, and you know people don't have time, and that's fine. And there's an article kind of how you can manage your team on just 15 minutes a week. Um, so there's a, there's that group of people, and then there's other people, yeah, that would be curious about the process and understanding okay. that kind of thing. 60 seconds here. Mike Clay runs the projections. Obviously, mm-hmm. those projections are the foundation for everything that we do here at ESPN. Yep. We have a system that each of us has an individual login to, and we can go and we can make alterations to our rankings. But the default, it's not like the quarterback ranking space is just an empty canvas and we have to go click and drag, all right, Patrick Mahomes one and then Josh Allen two and Jalen Hurts three. No, it starts with Mike's default rankings of his projections and then you just toggle up and down. Mm -hmm. So if there are players that you feel strongly Mike is wrong about, then you move them down or up and that's kind of how the rankings come together. But people often say like you guys tend to see players fairly similarly. Well, when you're starting from the same foundation, it is usually going to lead to more times where you think things similarly than you do think things, think things dissimilarly. And Early in the season, though, as as Daniel and and you just referenced, Mike, there's probably the chance that we 
do have greater discrepancies in our rankings because there's so much mm -hmm. that we still don't know. So here's my question. How often do you open up the feed for the first time? Yeah. You see them rankings, you start moving guys around and you're like, like how many times on average per week are you like, what? Um, is this guy serious with this? No, like, you know what? You mean, what? Like, you mean I'm like I see that Mike Clay has someone projected somewhere, and I'm like, is this guy serious? Yeah, Mike really? Like, is, yeah, that happens at least twice a week. Yeah, twice a week to me. Only I twice. Think. That's it. Yeah, probably. You're it's pretty only, good at what you do. I think. Only like yeah, two there's, players. There's really? definitely players that catch your eyes for different reasons. I will say this though. I want that list every week. I I will start to say this. You should actually. Quarterbacks tend to be where I say I think things vary a little bit more, just because maybe I put too much stock into certain things in quarterbacks. I love when they ask me to do kicker rankings during the week. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, like who would you prefer? Like just, just would you prefer Riley Patterson or Dustin Hopkins? And I'm like, well, I'm going to go to Mike's projection. That's it. That's I, I have say. one rule. I have one rule in my kicker <laughs> rankings every single week. I take Justin Tucker. I take Harrison Butker. Tucker's the goat. Yep. Harrison Butker plays for the best offense. Yep. And then, Jake Elliott, who just bombs kicks left and right, and I just drag him to the top. Those are the top three. You know what's funny about kickers is I was doing a little work on the projections during the offseason, and I noticed that, like, I was trying to correlate, like, how good an offense is with how many field goal attempts yeah. there, and it's it's like an upside-down you, like this, right? Yeah, Because right. the bad teams don't kick field goals because they're not in scoring position. Right. The good teams don't kick field goals because they score touchdowns, yep. and that leaves the kind All of the, the middle, middle ground. And you can, think can about a just... team like, like Chris Boswell last year, the Steelers – were better than you realize offensively. They just cannot score touchdowns mm. at all. And Boswell had like 5,000 field goal attempts. Can we just it's kind of interesting rewind 45 seconds? Uh oh, I was doing some work during the off season on my kicker projections. <laughs> uh, look, I have to, I got to get out more, Mike. I also did punter work no, on punter projections. Mike. How did Yesterday, your long snapper projections work out? They, uh, we don't have that scoring yet. I'm working on it. I've been pushing for long. Oh uh, my offense gosh. No, I uh, love you, Mike Clay. Yeah. God. So uh, we did that. I mean, yes, or what was it? Monday. I went through, Every player that played a snap in week one to adjust the projection. So all the D like if you play IDP, they should align with their usage and everything. Then week one is Whew. tough. Week okay. one is an absolute grind, but I stayed up late till like the middle of the night, Monday night. We, got them we all can done, have fun so. with it, but we are so freaking lucky to have Mike as a teammate. Here seriously, man. Absolute you. legend. All right. And in all, all seriousness, I like to know those guys when you're like, you know what? That's suspicious. Well, we'll talk about some of them a little bit later on yeah. in the show. I, I, know guys. I got a few of them because I won't, I won't change them, but I'll at least, built some evidence as to why I'm right. That's I'll fair. That. That's all right. And a quick shout out to our buddies at Trophy Smack. If you want to get a championship belt like this for your fantasy league, head on over to trophysmack.com for 20% off. Use the code Focus Belt. Excuse me, 10% off with the code Focus Belt. You know what? If people go buy one and they, they heard 20% off, you that's, owe that's the extra 10% That's on me, guys. I'll, all right, I'll so just that. request Daniel on Venmo. Actually, I heard if you buy 1% for every belt sold, goes to Daniel for his fund. For Is his that car, how that for goes? For, for, <laughs> for the next I, 10 I minutes, 1% one one of every sale. All right. All right, let's dive in with a little bit of news before we talk some rankings here. Jonathan Taylor, you were not here on the show to be able to talk about this. I actually wasn't here on the show yesterday to talk about it either. But Jonathan Taylor, we got some good news looking like he might be coming back, like we're talking about once his IR slot is done, Field. Uh, so let's talk about weeks. this a little bit more. So he's on the PUP list right now. Sorry, not He's unable to be Correct. back until at least week five. But Adam Shafter reported on Sunday a couple of important elements. First of all, he could pass, talking about Taylor, but probably Shafter too, he could pass a physical right now. <laughs> How can you be on PUP if you can pass physical right now? Because he's not hurt. So you don't have to be hurt to be on PUP? No, you do, but he's not. Okay. I mean, so like them admitting that he could pass a physical. No, they didn't. They didn't. Anything. Adam yeah, Schefter no, said that. Yeah, Schefter's right. Okay. Who knows All what right. the source is, but like, just and reminder this is a people. Yeah. This is not about the health of Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is about the fact that the Colts and Jonathan Taylor are 
on the rocks right now and they see things very differently. That being said, it's good to discount the possibility of the health being a concern and that there's a chance he could return as soon as week five. The million or maybe many, many, many million dollar question is who will that be with? Mm -hmm. But if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, one of my hesitations was the possibility that he and the Colts remained at odds until week eight, 10, 12, even 14. Yep. It seemed nasty for a while there. It sounds like you may have found yourself a value if JT is back on the field with anybody by week five, week six, or week seven. To get his contract to toll, he needs to report by what? Week eight? He needs to play. Well, funny you say this. And this is the nerdiest thing we'll ever talk about in fantasy I mean, I focus. I think this is interesting because what's important. worst case scenario? Like right. he wants his contract to not right. toll. Right. People like who don't wants, know what that yeah, means. Yeah. Toll means it just like this year basically just gets delayed to next year and does not count yep. towards Jonathan Taylor's progress in his contract. Right, to get towards free agency. Believe right. it or not. And I've, talking to, I've talked to people who have been as involved with the CBA as anybody could be. People who know this stuff backwards and forwards. There's actually some ambiguity. Interesting. And really? while I think the Colts or any team would feel like it is a certain number of games, I think there is a plausible case for Jonathan Taylor that he needs to be on the active roster, 53-man roster, for one game. Interesting. One. Really? And, and so if things remain at odds, worst case scenario does, in my mind, remain the possibility that he shows up for one week, whether that's week five or week 18 and then says, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I made my contribution towards getting one year closer to free agency, but um, it is not, there was some reporting that he needed to play at least six games. Not the case. It's not six games, at least not in the eyes of people that would be defending Jonathan Taylor's case. And as you can imagine, if Jonathan Taylor and his side feel as though he needs just one game and then he only plays one game, they will be willing to fight that tooth and nail if it ever got to that point. Interesting. Are you doing with anything, Jonathan Taylor? If you drafted him, you're likely just Hanging holding tight. on to him, right? Nothing if, you can do about it. If you didn't draft him, is there enough positivity here that you're like, hey, I might want to go out and try and acquire him? Or is there enough vagueness in this situation <sighs> that you're like, if you're three and oh, then maybe like if you've got That's great depth, point. but we're only one week into the season. You're right. Like, mm-hmm. Even if you had a great week in week one, it's way too hard to say that, like, yeah, you know what? I'm stocked enough in the cabinet to go make a Jonathan Taylor trade and part ways with my fourth receiver or my third running back. I'm sorry you didn't draft as well mm-hmm. as I did, Field. Yeah. So oh, I'm sorry could, you didn't draft as well as me in the uh, focus. Cool. That's go. right. That's true. Yeah, you had the highest score in the team. entire That's Right. You guys didn't pay me yet for my week one high scoring. <laughs> All right. Is that a thing? Are we doing that? Uh, no. No, but, you are. Yeah. We're not. You are. Yeah, right. you, You're you like, are. yeah, you, you owe me $10. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's talk about our week one. Anything else you want to add on JT? Are we good to jump into ratings? No, I mean, uh, could be back as early as week, week five. five. Not, yeah, my big takeaway was that the risk seems less risky than it did at the time of drafts. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. And, and the trade deadline's what, week eight? So somewhere in that vicinity, he could be traded or play for the Colts by week five. Yep. Uh, and obviously right they're running Halloween. So that's about week eight. Yeah. And probably they're probably motivated to get him uh, on the field after what we saw from their running backs oh. in week one. You <laughs> know, it's unfortunate. It looked like Evan Hole, the rookie, was about to, you know, Deion Jackson was struggling. They were about to give it to Hole and yeah. he got hurt and he's on IR for four weeks now. So. Uh, that that dream is kind of dead for now, unless Taylor gets traded. I mean, in fairness to Deion Jackson, he did average over one yard per carry, not by much. <laughs> was not my guy Zach bad. Moss might be back this week. He could be Maybe back. This watch. Week. If you're desperate like at running guys, back, guys, you're really desperate. If that's what you're okay. Hey, some of us bench. are in sixteen team leagues. I, 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 I just ran, I stumbled upon Zach Moss on a bench 
in a dynasty league this week, and I was like, oh, all right, let's go. Yeah, I don't know do what that. the circumstances were that led me to getting him on that team in the first place, but I'll take it. We have so many teams that sometimes I do the same thing, yeah. even with like week one breakouts. Like this week, there was multiple teams where I was like, oh, yeah, I spent a fourth rounder on Puka Nakua. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's cool. Really, <laughs> stop. No, you did. Even a late round flyer. Like, <laughs> did you? Good yeah, for yeah, you. I have him on, a, on a several teams. Yeah. That's so amazing. I'm good at this, Mike. Just good late flyers. Yeah. It's all a little lucky. All right, we're talking our week two rankings. It's presented by Geico. So, Geico, see all the ways that you could save. Going to start with the number one quarterback yeah, in yeah. fantasy last week. That was Tua Tungavailoa. Here's was what two? I saw. Who was Mac number Jones. two? Mac Jones. Yes. Number two quarterback. Wow. That's insane. The way that the week one quarterback like situation worked out at the top of fantasy is very well, interesting. Well, as we know, though, the way they finish in week one is how they're going to finish season the rest end. of the season. Right. That's There's right. No- <laughs> I, j- I just I, I claimed Mac Jones. I actually I dropped Josh Allen smart. to, to okay. claim smart. Mac Jones off waivers. Today. Everything so we would all do. Congratulations to me for winning the league. I want to ask you guys about Tua because yeah, what we saw it. in week one mm-hmm. was a back and forth shootout with the Chargers in which Tua threw the ball 45 times and they ran the ball 13. Yeah. How often do you think that we're going to be in this situation? Like Tua's not going to throw for 400 yards every week, right? Maybe. But, but is, that, well, is this a situation where they're going to throw more often than run? Is, I, I think that well, that yeah. gap yeah. is going to be closer than what it was. But is there still enough there that Tua is a top 10 starter for you this I week? I think field? the interesting part of the Tua conversation is actually less about the balance and more about the matchup this week. That, okay. to me, is the only reason why yes. I think people are probably saying to themselves, is he going to go for 27.15 points? No. Let's talk about the things that Tua doesn't do anymore. Doesn't run. No more five runner. yards last week, seventy yeah. all of last yeah. season. So we need to we need to absolutely snipe as a quarterback, as he has shown, as he showed in week one when he was one of the best players, regardless of position in the entire NFL. He was absolutely brilliant last week. Mm-hmm. He can throw with the best of them. Four hundred and sixty six yards has you know a, a top three wide receiver tandem at worst, and and Tyreek Hill and also Jalen Waddle. But while Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick, he's never dominated him in fantasy football. Mm. Now, you can make the case that a lot of that came prior to uh, three of his four starts have been without Tyreek Hill, but week one last year with Tyreek Hill relatively kept in check. As yeah, a matter of fact, it was like 220 yards yeah. and one touchdown. Yeah, he's like never that. thrown for multiple touchdown passes against the Bill Belichick led defense. Really? So that's the question I have. I think it's going to be less than 466 yards. I don't think it's going to be 215 yards for Tyreek Hill and three touchdowns. But I still have missed quarterback seven. I'm most optimistic out of the three of us because, damn it, that was impressive this past Sunday against the Chargers. It was. I'm at QB nine for this week. So, again, very close to a, you know, it's a streaming option. He was QB seven last season during his full healthy games, despite not much in terms of uh, rushing. But I will say this. We've seen better than this from Tua before. Week two last season, he yeah. had 469 yards, which was more than he had this past week. Also, had How six many touchdowns, touchdowns yeah, in that go. game yeah. wow. against Baltimore. He only had four 20 point games the entire rest of the season. Mm. And like, I, th- I believe his next three games after that big game, one he left early, he had like 460 combined passing yards in those sure. games. So we've seen these spike games from Tua. We've also seen plenty of down games as well. Can he be a back end QB one? Yes, I think so. But that rushing is going to limit him. It's going to limit his ceiling and stop him from getting to that conversation of the elite. I, th- I think unless Tua is just, I mean, look, his efficiency throwing last year was, elite like he was up there in qbr ypa like maybe he is a budding superstar and he does put up mahomes like stats it's possible we don't know for sure that's that's best case scenario obviously or herbert like stats maybe is a better example but um i think for now it's safe to consider him kind of a a fringe a streamer for the time being until he shows it for a longer stretch of time the patriots held Jalen or your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, to only 12 and a half fantasy points i mean that is when you're talking about it that is part of the conversation 
like my question is, are if you're not starting Tua now, when would you be starting Tua? Like if you drafted Tua Tungavailoa in your draft, you didn't get one of those top eight quarterbacks, yeah. right? Yeah. So you drafted Tua as a starter. You have to start him this week unless you think that there's someone farther down this list that you like. I think oh, yeah, it would be yeah. if you were like a, a late quarterback drafter. And right. Tua was not right. one of the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks taken in some of the leagues that I am in. And you ended up with, just making this up here, Tua and Kirk Cousins. Like it's a, it's a no doubter in my mind yeah, what you Tua. are starting this week, right? Um, I've said this several times recently. I'm seeing, I saw so many teams double up on quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. So if Tua was one of your two quarterbacks, it likely wasn't, you know, Tua plus, you know, Joe Burrow. It was more like Tua plus Hopefully Kirk Cousins or Tua plus Anthony, Anthony Richardson, Richardson or something yeah. like that. Yep. And um, I think at some point during the season when we have enough of a sample size, we'll be a little more pragmatic and sort of process over results driven. Right now, the process is a bit more with your heart than your head. And if you have Tua on your roster, it's going to be damn hard not to play him on Sunday night, even in a matchup that we think will be more difficult than what the Chargers showed. The Chargers, man, I I just was surprised because the Chargers played him so brilliantly last season, but uh, they had no answers for Tua. Uh, This Dolphins team kind of reminds me of like when you're playing against a knuckleball pitcher in baseball and that first time through the lineup, you're just like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do here. Right. Mm -hmm. That seemed like last year, early on teams had really no answer for that Dolphins offense. Eventually the offense kind of slowed down when they hit the teeth of their schedule, but it's going to be tough. uh, Even with the spectacular defense in new England to really contain this Dolphins offense on Sunday night. Yeah. Sometimes I feel bad for guys like, like even the chargers, they might have a really good defense on paper. It's a great defense. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you have to throw this away against Tyree Kill. I remember this with like Casey Hayward as well. He was always so good for the Chargers, and then they would face the the Chiefs twice a year, and he'd try to follow Tyree Kill, but he couldn't because he's moving all over the formation, and he's incredibly fast. I rewatched this game last night. You can't stop Tyree Kill. Nope. The guy is ridiculous. He was just running right by people, and he catches the ball. where It doesn't matter if he's going deep or in the short area. He catch it, catch it and run for 25 more yards, or I'll take the top off the defense. The dude is just unstoppable. He might go for 2,000. Like, he really could hit 2,000 this year. What happened to J.C. Jackson? Uh, he had an interception in that game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's that. that see the rest nice. of the plays, though? He got benched. In this game? Didn't yeah. He? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did, because Mike Davis actually Mike Davis led them playing? in snaps. Yeah. Yeah, this you're guy right. who made 80 million bucks from them. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. What, yeah. Not, obviously, Heard last year, last year, maybe season. he's coming around. Yeah, it's, I tell is, you he, what, is he 100%? Brandon Staley, who is so judicious with his words, just basically said after the game, like, not very good. He, he mm. softened his stance a little bit a day later, but uh, that, that's an interesting one to watch out there in Los Angeles. All three of us have Tua as a top 10 quarterback here heading into week two. Let's talk about Geno Smith, who went up against what was supposed to be the worst defense, <laughs> which was the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm checking in. He finishes quarterback 22 on the week, Mike Clay. Mm-hmm. Now Let's he gets start. to take on the Detroit Lions, who held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, I will say that, mm. to only 20 points. Are you starting Geno Smith this week? I think it's uh, not the worst situation. We have, we're all QB 13, so he's a borderline starter in 12-team league. We really see this um, one differently, yeah, guys. I know. We're, the- we're way off on this one. Again, I think he had some excuses there. Uh, very much a Name new, them. Uh, very much a, a new-look defense, I guess. The personnel was very different, like kind of learning things, I guess. I don't know. I'm just making excuses. He's been uh, in a shrine right real, now. I'm trying, but his real excuses are both offensive tackles got hurt. Correct. Yes. They're bringing in Jason Peters right 41 now. 41-year-old Jason um, Peters to play dude, left tackle. Mike yeah. calls running backs that are 28 old. <laughs> <Exactly>. Jason Peters. <laughs> 
He's hey, a young geriatrician man. Jason Peters, <laughs> Look, new Seahawks left tackle. Have you seen that guy? He could play all 50. That guy's huge. Uh, he, he just has he to is stand huge. there. Yeah, yeah he just um, get in the way. So there's that. Also, from a fantasy perspective, again, they only ran 46 offensive plays. That was that would have been their lowest all of last season. Yeah. They averaged 61 per game. That's going to fix itself. They're going to run 13 to 50 more plays per game, and that's going to add to his uh, fantasy appeal. Uh, he also had at least 12 fantasy points in all but one game last season. That was against the 49ers. So I do believe especially when you consider his group of wide receivers, good duo at tight end, good good group of running backs. That might be Geno's worst game of the season. Yeah. I think it probably it will. It probably be. will be his worst game of the season. I know that the Chiefs did not have Travis Kelsey last week, and I'm not trying to pander to Daniel, but this Lions defense might be coming around a little mm-hmm. bit as well, right? They spent a ton of money in the offseason to Secondary. get this defense right, right. and yep. uh, I know he was great last year, but we could be looking at like a perennial all pro player in Aiden Hutchinson oh, yeah. who just destroyed the chiefs last week. And that's not just some average run of the mill, right? Tackle. That's Jawan Taylor. He have $20 million per year and false start on every play fame. Like it's a legit Seven offensive line that he Patrick did Mahomes. some serious damage. And, and Jamal, uh, excuse me, Jawan Taylor, he's, he's still awesome. And he had his, his share of wins as well on Thursday night. But uh, this dolphin, sorry, this lion's defense, Last year was like the chalkiest matchup to, to have your quarterback start go up against. Everyone, yeah. Now this year, like it may not be as much of a positive matchup as we would have forecasted it to be coming into the season. I've got Gino as quarterback 13. I want uh, the Seahawks and the Seahawks fans to listen very closely to me when I say there's one thing that the Seahawks need more this weekend. More Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> more Bobo, baby. More Bobo, Do you have him please. on all of your dynasty teams? Literally everyone. That's yes. amazing. Yes. And uh, oh, that's if there's amazing. anybody out there that is listening to this podcast, that has the capacity to make throwback jerseys for the Seahawks, mm. but customize them. I'm in the market. I will pay market price, whatever it is, because you can't currently get this on the Seahawks website. You can buy, you know, DK Metcalf throwbacks mm. and yep. a few others, Lockett, Gino, et cetera. Uh, you can't buy a Jake Bobo one. And I don't want the the standard. I don't want, I don't want to customize just a, a regular old traditional uniform. I want a Jake Bobo throwback Seahawks. Jersey. Right, we got to make this happen, but I want to know. All right. So you're uh, Shane Waldron. Yes. You're running this team. Yes. And you got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson right. Smith, and Jigba on the right. field. Right. Who are, you, who are you pulling off? Who am I not pulling off for Jake Bobo? It's my question to you. Okay. So you're saying, how many saying, touchdowns did those three combine for in the preseason? Zero. How many did Jake Bobo have? Three. I think two. I just guessed. Yeah, I had no it idea. Good guess. <laughs> it's not that good. Right? <laughs> it's Matt. That was two good. Wow. Come on. Wow. Uh, no, I mean, it's obviously going to be, you know, but he was legitimately playing for them. Yeah, like Jake yeah. Bubba was playing like and he was more of like I'm trying to think of the right word sort of like Ben Skoranek last year for the Rams yeah, like blocking a lot yeah, and like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. doing stuff that uh, like goes past the box score but uh, I play in a goes past the box score fantasy league and he was my high score for <laughs> last week so they do that four job there is wide open D. Eskridge is suspended Derek Young on IR so he could it'll be, it'll be him. Take it's, that it's like to me it's not even like a like a cool story more like that's his job yeah like yeah. there's way too much positivity and like an undrafted rookie playing a real role in week one it's his job yeah All right, let's talk about some running backs here. Rashad White, we were all really excited about him as a potential RB2 in our fantasy lineups, and they took on the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Gave us 6.9 fantasy points. The positive, though, is he had 19 touches. Yeah. Sean Tucker, the other guy that we've all been excited about Mm -hmm. behind him, only had seven. Uh, So a couple thoughts here. Um, And I'll take this one because I think I was the one that suggested that we talk about Rashad White. I think... Whatever side of the Rashad White argument you were on during the offseason, you won in week one. Yeah, right? The idea right. was, hey, if you're a pro Rashad White guy, unlike Mike Clay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you were pro in fantasy. <laughs> yes. But if you were pro Rashad White, the calculus was this. 
very little competition in the backfield for mm-hmm. an offense that we don't really know what it's going to be. But if you're getting somewhere between 15 to 20 touches per game, you're in business. Yep. If you are anti Rashad white, the biggest question mark was efficiency week one, 17 carries for 39 yards, two catches for 10 yards, poor efficiency. So I think whatever you wanted, you got in week one, whether you wanted him to be very busy or you, whether you wanted him to be a poorly efficient running back, you got both of those things. 19 touches is a good number of touches for an RB2. If that continues, he's going to be an RB2. There's no question about it. He can be super inefficient. He's still going to be a viable fantasy starter. Uh, I was disappointed going up against Minnesota, not a front that really intimidated me. So I'm disappointed by the lack of efficiency on that volume. Uh, But the Bears did struggle against the Packers running backs badly last week, 185 scrimmage yards to Aaron Jones and company. So maybe he gets back on track. You like the volume? We're still starting him this week. We're ranking him as a starter. The question becomes, does he keep this job long term? Is this a team that turns to Sean Tucker? Is this a team that looks to the trade market? Uh, That's a concern right now. Um, I think Leonard Fournette's been tweeting a little bit. Maybe he's thinking mm. about maybe a reunion. Or, God, no, they I, could be in the market unlikely, if he doesn't pick but, it up. But he, he has the chance now. He has yeah. the opportunity. He's just going to have to play better. Yep. Let's go to uh, Javante Williams then, Daniel. Yeah. Javante Williams, a guy that obviously we were looking at. Mike, you've got him ranked as running back 22. We had a lot of questions. I'm higher than that, week right? One as to whether or not you could start him. I think he looked pretty good here. Are you looking at a potential play here in week two as well? Are you, you all in now running back that he's back? Yeah. So my, uh, I think my ranks on the sheet. Well, I don't know. Where do I Whatever. Well, your anyway, I, I have Javante, I believe it's 17, but 17. So I'm, I'm even more optimistic. This we talked was about one this. where I moved him down. Yeah. So on, uh, we talked about this Monday. Yep. I am, I am buying on, uh, on Javante Williams. And here's why he was limited in this game. Supposedly he played 28 snaps. So, and Samaje P Ryan played 26. So clearly limited to an extent. If he's fully sure. healthy, we expect him to be uh, have a gap between he and P. Ryan. He had 17 touches and led the Broncos in targets mm. in a game when he was Five limited. Targets. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, he had I have, six targets. Yeah, six targets. Uh, six I mean, that's targets. A, that, for a yeah. running back, that's, that's a huge number. So that was great, actually. His line was four, five, six. His receiving line yeah, was, was four yeah. catches, five yards, and six targets. But again, if that sort of target usage continues, it's that number will obviously go up. We okay. know that for sure. So. I expect him to just get continue to get his feet under him, much like Brees Hall, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about in a second, and that role to continue to uh, increase. So, And again, we expect a, a healthy Javante Williams to play essentially an Alvin Kamara role, and that might seem like a stretch, but he basically did that in week one despite being limited. I'm uh, in on Javante. I think, he, I think he's just going to continue to be healthier. He's going to play better. The, vault, the touches are already there. I have a lot of optimism. Can so I, you go first. Daniel. I just want to say, I thought Samaj P. Ryan just looked like a better running back than Javante Williams in week one. He had more five, more, more explosive runs for more than five yards. He had more runs over 10 yards than Javante did. Everything that Javante did, would just kind of felt it was fine. Samaj looked more sprightly to me. Hmm. Um, Samaj looked more sprightly than Javante. Than Javante. I don't think I had a good grip on it to say definitively whether one was more sprightly than the other. One averaged five yards the per carry, the other one drink? averaged no, you're Mountain three and a half. Uh, yes, that's fair. Um, I would just push back on the Javante Alvin Kamara comp only because like, while targets are super valuable, all targets are not created equally. And basically Javante Williams was, Javante Williams was like, oh crap, I'm in trouble because mm-hmm. the Raiders are generating pressure. Dump it off mm-hmm. to you. And as, as we saw from the results, four catches for five yards. But that's not, I mean, I hear you. I totally hear you in, in the, the week one perspective, but this is a guy that is a, a plus player in the passing game. I mean, he was, 
what was he fifth at running back in targets last year before he, he got is. hurt? I mean, he that's is. an area where he is very good. So, and again, I expect him to just get better and better and better. Right. He's one of them guys that even when I was deducting games from him in the offseason, he was still projecting so well. He's just a, a good player and there's such opportunity in this offense. So <laughs> I, and I will say this, maybe I'm overestimating the Broncos offense. I think it should be about average going forward. They did not look like an average offense in week one. It was very disappointing, but oh. I, I remain optimistic. I'm not going to crush him for uh, you know a lack of rushing or receiving yards in week one. I, I feel really good about the volume. I, I, I just, I think Mike may have misinterpreted what this segment actually is though. Daniel, it's not us talking about players that we disagree on our rankings. It's us talking about why you and I are right. And Mike is and incorrect Mike on doesn't the rankings. know what he's so, talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Javante, I'm a little bit lower on. So did you not get that note before the show? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't get you that. Didn't check your email. This actually That's is weird. what we talked about, which is you guys looking at the initial rankings and picking out all the guys. <laughs> Mike's still a flip flown guy. It's very That's right. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. He's I'm a little behind. I'm like 20 minutes behind on everything. All right, let's talk about James Cook here. I thought this was really interesting. James Cook in draft season. I know we're past this. I'm just going to say real quick. Mm-hmm. In draft season, James Cook was like a low end RB3 for us for a real long time. And then right at the end, he started moving up to like that RB2 kind of conversation. Now, after week one, yeah. He had 16 touches. Latavius mm-hmm. Murray had three. Damian Harris had three. He was clearly the guy in this Bills backfield. He's now my running back 14 on the week field. How high is too high for James Cook? I don't think 14 is too high. I've got him at 16. Mike has him at 15. Mm-hmm. So we've covered a lot of ground there. 14, 15, 16. I wonder if the way that we were talking about Rashad White in the preseason is should have been flipped oh. with James Cook, right? James Cook is like the mid-tier RB2, and maybe Rashad White's inefficiency will net him out as like a low-end RB2 or a flex consideration because Cook, I think, is a superior player. Those six targets on Monday were tasty, by the way. And do you have the snap count for uh, Damian Harris or Latavius Murray? Uh, I don't have the snaps, but uh, Cook played 60%. The other two combined for the rest. Yeah, so it was a, a pretty clear edge there for James Cook. Cook and uh, this offense was not humming on Monday night nope. and he achieved what he did which is I know just 10 10 10.4 fantasy points but to get six targets in a night where the offense was really not clicking I thought was actually encouraging all things considered mm-hmm. yeah we had more Latavius Murray and Damian Harris involvement in the passing game than expected uh, but and, and that was kind of the reservation with Cook what was this offense with Josh Allen doesn't throw to the running backs very right. often so you're very reliant on the carries sure. would he lose goal line work to bigger backs like Murray and Harris and that could still happen Harris missed a lot of preseason time he actually was out snapped by Murray in this game he could continue to ramp up but again I'm ranking him 15th I feel very optimistic I did draft him a lot so I feel really good about the situation year two he looks bigger out there than I expected. I don't James know if he Cook, put on a yeah. few pounds or something. That was kind of the concern, right? He was only like 199 or something or 200 pounds. Would he have the size to be a 15 to 20 touch a week guy? I don't you know I, if I'm allowed to say this yet publicly, but what the heck? Why not? Oh, um, it's just like it's all part of a it's it's actually going to be on um, Impractical Jokers. Like, a little OK, yeah, I love, that, show. I love that show. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, bring back Joe. Dalvin Cook and James Cook actually changed jerseys. And that was actually Dalvin on the Bills uh, and James that's what on it the was. Jets. So that's why he looks bigger. That makes sense. Okay. That checks out. Does it? That checks out. It kind of makes sense now? I don't know because uh, I didn't know. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Snap counts between those three running backs. 35, 8, 8. 35, just, 8, and 8. Wow. Just yeah. so you were asking about that. All right. Let's yes. talk about the Jets here really quickly. I, I, need to ask, I need to tell you guys something. I might be the anti-Mike Clay. 
Oh, really? Yes, this is this is what I was hoping Daniel would ask me about. And I decided to ask myself Interesting. instead. Well, I was waiting. I had it set up, so I'm sorry I so, didn't ask you. So uh, last evening, I uh, you know I, I put a, tw- a, sh- a clip from yesterday's show, just talking. I just I, I kept it very simple. You know, I'm looking for the engagement, right? Trying mm-hmm. to get people to get you know some likes going, some mm-hmm. reposts, whatever we're calling it these days. Maybe some comments, just some feedback. Generally, things. So like, you're uh, like 35 reasons you should add. But like the, the engagement I'm looking for is like. Favorite fast food chain, right, like, correct? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, more, but like whatever you know. I, I just, I just, what I posted was Brees Hall star, and that was it. I left it simple. I was hoping for feedback to the effect of like, "Wow, field, like you really are the perfect fantasy analyst. Mm. Like, if you retire today, it would be like John Elway going out after two Super Bowls. Like, you're the goat. Like, sure. um, yeah. If Did you if, get a lot of that. I got, yeah, I mean, like, I would take more sure. in follow-up <laughs> tweets, so, like, always feel free to, like, just say that to At me. Yeah. He was um, on his burners uh, yeah. messaging himself. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I post Brees Hall Star. Let the, they're simple. Let, let the uh, people decide what they wanted to make of this video. Holy cow. Last night, I'm sitting there feeding the baby in the middle of the night, open up my phone, which probably was a bad idea because the baby went back to sleep, and I couldn't fall back to sleep. Get a little notification on the Twitter Brees Hall started following you. Stop it. No way. So stop. Am I the anti Mike Clay? You, I yeah. asked the question. You guys wow. give me the answer. Maybe I need to be more positive so I can get followers and not angry DMs. On Correct. <laughs> running back. So I'm, I'm too negative. Buzz Killington role is, is yeah, not working out know, for me. I know. I know. That's yeah. so good. So today so when the Javante Williams conversation gets clipped off and That's Jackson it. sends it That's to it. you. Tag Javante. Say Javante Williams. What do we think? Like, I have it for you. Ready? Okay. Javante Williams, colon, modern day combination of Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, Jim Brown, mm. and Edger and James. Yeah, we can use that David Montgomery, that infamous David Montgomery graphic. So good. And then just, yeah. just put like Javante over, just write it over David that's Montgomery's so name or something. That's it. I mean, that's who he is. He's everything you want in a running people back, don't know that David Montgomery Look graphic, that just hilarious. Hilarious. I'm sure it's somewhere on, <laughs> it's on like the athleticism of Saquon Barkley, the shiftiness of Barry Sanders. So <laughs> good. I don't know. Yes. Love it. I really love Baseball uh, Field. And after watching him look unreal in limited touches 10 carries for 127 yep. yards i want this kid to be healthy so mm-hmm. he can be in my starting lineup yes are you still playing him in fantasy as a potential flex play given what he did i'm highest out of us three i've got him as rb 25 and he played just 17 snaps yeah. last week so that part's discouraging 17 that number i think will go up a little bit i don't uh-huh. think it's going to be 37 snaps but i wouldn't be surprised if it's 25 snaps this week what we did see last week, and maybe defense will get onto this quicker, uh, sooner than later, was that when Brees, that too, he's very <laughs> fast, but when Brees Hall was on the field, he got the ball last week. They're going to have to probably have him on the field, not get in the football at some point, so the right. defenses don't know what's coming. But if that snap count goes up from 17 to 25 or 27, and that touch total stays around 12, 13, 14, 15, I'm taking my chances on Brees Hall, because when we talk about stars at running back, he needs to be on the list because it was just remarkable. He looks incredible. He looked unbelievable yesterday. I don't have access to next gen stats. So maybe if someone's listening to this that does, or maybe somebody that's smarter than me does, um, I wonder who the fastest ball carrier of the week was, and it wouldn't stun me if Brees Hall was near the top. 
Yeah, he was. Uh, that was in, in training camp on Hard Knocks. They were uh, clocking him, and he was uh, like, as soon as he came back, he was over twenty miles. Twenty one, twenty three, like, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, you're right. Eleven touches on seventeen snaps. Uh, twenty six snaps for Dalvin Cook, and also twelve for Michael Carter. That's a number that could maybe come down a little bit, but they're mixing him in as well. So yeah. that's why I'm still, you know, ch- chasing the volume. It's so hard to be a regular fantasy starter, yep. uh, but it's also hard to bench him right now. So he is one of the trickier guys to rank also playing Dallas. This is going to be a very tough matchup with serious quarterback concerns. How many points are they going to score in this game? Uh, by the way, you reminded me of like, there's a point late last season where uh, the Raiders had thrown a pass on every single Amir Abdullah snap of the right. season. <laughs> like, it was like, like, if he's hey, on the field, if he's out there, yeah. just back that's up. A, that's like, a Josh McDaniels thing, right? James yeah. White used to always it, be exactly. that way. It was but like 82% that was like, pass yes. with yeah. James White But like Abdullah yeah. was like 100%. 100% that's carries. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I think this is also comes back to the heart versus head thing in week two of the NFL season. Yeah. People yeah. are going to play with their heart more than their head sometimes. I'm going to be starting. I have a lot of Brees Hall. So I'm going to be starting this week. It's just too hard to bench. I've got this this. Uh, keeper league. It's not a dynasty league, but it's a keeper uh, salary cap league. Then I had a good weekend and then I just got dusted because my opponent, I was up big. My opponent had two players left. I'm sorry, three players left. Dallas defense. Dallas defense. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill. Oh Stephon Diggs. Oh, going into the That's four. That's tough. Oh, no. Four games. So we That's both tough. had like a huge one plot, one PM plus some Thursday night action. And then I just got dusted. By so way, like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I, I jumped on you there. Two Monday night games this week. Yeah, let's Can we go. Talk about that yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah next one week. at seven o'clock, one at eight o'clock. Yes. So I don't have to stay up until two a.m. to watch right. both of yeah. them. Guys, I don't have to feel bad about the fact that I'm going to fall asleep. Like I am o for whatever the number is right now <laughs> on primetime. That's games. okay, oh, Felix. No. So it's okay. Bad guys. I'm sitting there. I'm so old. I'm such a dad. Would Shout out want- to our guy, JJ Zachariasen, who does this all the time, like late East Coast ads. Mm-hmm. It is so ho- I'm pathetic. 1 a.m. is like an unlike that. That doesn't exist to me other than feeding the baby. Stay, I mean, even like 1145, I'm like sitting there on the couch and I'm like, holy crap. Like I, I might blow up. I would have assumed, honestly, that you watched the Monday night football game and yeah. kind of fell asleep at halftime like a lot of people did and then woke up at the end when it was like, Jets win! The oh. Jets win yeah. and the punt return! And like, that's what woke you up was the touchdown screaming at no, you. No, Monday I was good because of the Aaron Rodgers thing. Sunday oh, night I was true. not good and I, I fell asleep and I was like, oh crap, it's 26 to nothing and then I woke back up and it was like, oh, it's oh, 40, 40 to nothing. nothing. Didn't miss a whole lot then. <laughs> I'm just saying, I was up to like 2 on Monday night doing all the... Oh my I gosh. Up after the game doing no the IDC right. projections. Again, some of us, right, here's the thing. Some of us grind. Right. You know? Some of us care about doing their work. Others of us care about engagement on social media. That's right. So sure. again, hey, you're doing a better job of that. Sure. Um, hey, I think you're the goat and uh, sleeping on your couch is totally legitimate and uh, working hard is overrated. Do you want to go down barrel and talk about, talk up Javante now too, so you can steal Just that so you one? Can steal that from like oh, my who said all the nice things. <laughs> all right, we got one more running back to talk about here and then we're going to take a quick break. Brian Robinson. Mike, you talked about running backs with volume. Yeah. Brian Robinson had 20 touches. You know what Antonio Gibson had on Sunday? He had uh, a lot less. He had four. Yes, he did. Chris Rodriguez had three. Brian Robinson, clearly the guy in that backfield. Is he somebody that we can trust, though, in our fantasy lineup? Um, I'm not there yet. Denver allowed uh, the Raiders, who have Josh Jacobs, who's pretty good. They had 50 yards and 20 carries in week one. They did a very good job against him, so I'm not going all in on Brian Robinson yet, but you look at the usage between Robinson and Gibson. Now, Gibson did have an early fumble. That could have been a... Didn't help. Yeah, certainly. Uh, 38 to 24 snap edge. Do you think that's what that was? Yes. Okay, okay, so it's still, it was 30, 24 in snaps. It was 19 to 3 in carries, which not a, we expect it to be closer, but not a total shock. Yep. 2 to 1 in targets, and Edge went to Robinson. That was a surprise. That's but a surprise. how about this? This is a big takeaway for me. 
the routes. 15 run for uh, Robinson. 16 for Gibson. Yeah, Pretty much crazy. a split. That gap needs to be wider for Gibson to be on the flex radar. It's a very good sign for Robinson. And also kind of aligns with the preseason, which is they were using them on all three downs, both backs, not kind of splitting it up how we expected. So this could get back to what we expected at some point. But for now, some optimism for Brett Robinson, a guy that we can rank a little higher, feel a little bit more optimistic about, about a, as a flex option. We're going to rip through wide receivers in a second. My only thought here is that the two people in charge in Washington, head coach Ron Rivera and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, both players in their own right, they both play in the NFL, mm-hmm. they're old school. Brian Robinson is such the kind of player that an old school coach is going to love. Tougher than a $2 steak, right? Like the guy, I mean, literally came back from being shot multiple times. It was on the field, like what, six weeks later last year. Like he is just such the kind of player that I think Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy are going to continue to gravitate towards. I'm not saying Antonio Gibson is not that kind of player, but Brian Robinson is that kind of player in spades. Wouldn't surprise me if he is like at the end of the season, if you were told me he's like eighth in carries, I'd be like, yeah, checks out. This I, is sorry. Th- I was just going to say, this is very much shaping up like the chiefs last year where Robinson is the Pacheco and McKinnon Gibson, where he's not going to play okay. as many snaps, but he's going to catch some touchdowns. Sure. You know, we saw that in the mm-hmm. preseason as well. And then I guess, uh, you know, Maybe CEH gets a couple t- touches. Maybe Chris Rodriguez got a couple Chris touches. Chris Rodriguez like, got almost CH, as many as Kevin oh, Smith. Yeah. All right, wide what? receiver talking in a second. Yeah, you? we're going to talk about some wide receivers in a second, but first, Field Yates. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Mm-hmm. I would love to. Of course you would. When it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus add an easy-to-use mobile app available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Have you ever dreamed of hitting the road in your very own customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter? Uh, Uh, Yes. Following college football all season long, hitting all the biggest games in college football's most celebrated stadiums. Yeah, at ESPN, we dreamed that dream. And Mm. with the help of Mercedes-Benz, we made it happen. This year, our very own Jen Lada has teamed with Mercedes-Benz designers to create a road-ready, full-functional, state-of-the-art podcast studio on wheels. The ride is pure Mercedes-Benz with an all-wheel drive and the latest driver assistant assistant safety and technology. Podcast studio must be seen and heard to be believed a spacious and chill conversation space with mics, cameras, and the mixing board to capture all the action on board. Jen Lada will be interviewing some of the biggest names in college football. And points to Mercedes-Benz for always bringing some extra. Out back of the Sprinter, they're innovating, pushing the science of the tailgate, complete with a grill, cooler, TV monitors, and more. This is hashtag van life meets the fan life. To get an inside look at this one-of-a-kind, blow-your-mind collaboration and how it came together, visit mbvvans.com slash Sprinter Labs. That is mbvans.com slash Sprinter Labs. The Mercedes-Benz ESPN College Football Podcast Sprinter coming soon to a game near you. Whether you're looking for whatever you're looking forward to this season, whoa, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment. An ice-cold Miller Lite yeah, yeah, yeah. at just 96 calories a can. Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. So whether you're at the stadium playing fantasy football or watching the game at home or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff to the clock runs out you can't go wrong with a miller light in your hand it's the only light beer with the taste worthy of our national obsession because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like well beer from kickoff to the clock runs out 
Uh, excuse me. Well, it's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for a 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard, you feel it in your heart. Mm. Make your Miller time all season long. Get Miller Light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus and Mike Clay. We had talked all offseason long. Boy, can Calvin Ridley really be the number one wide receiver in this Jags offense? And what's that going to look like for us in fantasy after week one? It looks like it's a top 10 kind of wide receiver kind of guy. Alpha. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially in this game where we expect both teams have to throw the football a lot. Uh, a especially Jacksonville, Kansas City lost week one. You're going to be very motivated, more so than usual, to make sure they don't start 0-2. And if they're leading, Jacksonville's going to be throwing, Throw. and that bumps up Ridley a few yep. spots higher in our rankings. Uh, great week, one 11 targets. It was four more than any other Jag. And again, we thought the biggest threat to his targets was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Christian Kirk. We did. He's third in line. Zay Jones is ahead of him, yep. and that's not going to change, it doesn't sound like. So Ridley, uh, certified at least fringe wide receiver one going forward. He could potentially be ranked here. Going forward the rest of the season, depending on how week two goes. Would not what be crazy. Value. Not crazy to think about him being a top 10 wide receiver the rest of the year. Not mm-hmm. at all. What was the player that we debated with David Presley over him taking in the preseason? Our producer, Dave Presley, was it Chris Olave? It might have been Chris Olave. It was like he took him over. Maybe it was Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle, right? Oh, it, it was one of those. Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, one of those Waddle, guys. Which, yeah. by the way, a one week in. Could be a toss up. Looks, yeah. yeah, yeah it looks like good. a pretty competitive race there between mm-hmm. those two players. By the way, one week in and fifth round rookie Puka Nakua is the best wide receiver Woo. in football, not named Tyreek Hill, it feels uh, like. Ever. Yeah. yeah. 15 targets in week one. He had 10 catches. He just absolutely smashed. He had 119 yards. He has cracked all of our top 30 this week. Well, actually, you know what? Mike hates him. He's got him as wide receiver 33. You know I do. So it's okay. the 49ers defense, right? Like that's. Yeah. Part concerning, it. yes. And also, here's the thing, okay? Uh, he had 15 targets. It's the most targets by a rookie in week one in over a decade. The previous high was... Anquan Bolden. No. Brandon uh, week one. I'm actually, sorry. I'm going back I'm going back at, uh, to 2011. So oh, it's okay. a little over a decade. Uh, so 2011, it, week one. Who was that? Uh, it was... Well, this happened in 2013. When Wait oh. a minute. You just said 2011. Going back to 2011. So this is okay. the most since... Got since it. This, is the, this is the most over the past 12 years. Yes. The second most is now... 2013. I left the... Uh, now it's Puka Nakua. So the so second most is, is, okay. He had 15. Um, this guy had 14. Do you remember who this was? I'll give you uh, a hint. Let me guess. Let me guess. Drake London. No. It was a Patriot. Not even close, obviously. A uh, super hyped, like, Patriot. Everyone was grabbing Chad Jackson? Favors. Ken Brown Tompkins. Wow. wow. But what here, a name. So here's the thing. Rookie receivers with 10 or more targets in week one since 2011. Okay. You got Nakua. You got Tompkins. Jags, Rashad Green. Will Fuller. Tajay Sharp. Quintez Cephas. Your boys Those are not good. Zay Flowers joins the Okay, club. I like that he one. Joins the group. That's a good name. And Corey Davis. So uh, what I'm saying here is <laughs> this does not mean that Nakua <laughs> is going to keep doing this yeah. and be a star and like we found the next wide receiver one or even two. We don't know for sure yet. We need to see a larger sample. So I, I'm just saying like you can use this opportunity this week to maybe work a trade. We talked about that on Monday. Uh just, you know, we want to slow our roll a little bit. There's reason for optimism. He should at least be on rosters. You, you can consider him as a flex, but 
this does not mean he's a certified star. Just you don't get 15 targets by accident, though. Like, obviously, oh, without Rashad Cooper Cup Green being there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, Kimbrell right. Tompkins. That's fair. Ajay Sharp. You know. it, he was, like, Matthew Stafford looked his way. He looked very trusted. I went back and watched all of Coop, mm-hmm. uh, Puka's catches. Mm-hmm. I almost said Cooper. I was all of Puka Nakua's catches. And, like, him Cooper and Matthew Nakua. Stafford. That actually kind of sounds good. They just it. looked in some, like, they were together. Now, this 49ers defense is going to be tough. And that's why he's not ranked a little bit yeah. higher for me. Because coming off of a 15-target game, I would keep just rolling him out there until I know better. It's tough in week two. I want some bye weeks because it's hard to make him, you know, get him was up that high. He, so let's ask this question for you guys. Was he the number one waiver ad last night in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think so. I went back and forth with someone yeah. this morning who had a, a top priority in the waiver wire. And the question was, are you getting four weeks, sorry, three weeks max of utility with Nakua? Because if Cooper comes back in week five, what is Cooper Nakua going forward? And I'm calling him that. Cooper Nakua. Cooper Nakua. Koopa? Yeah. Like yeah. in Mario? Koopa Mario? Nakua. Yeah. Mario, sorry. My God, That's Mike, sorry. You're I didn't sickening. mean to mispronounce it. That is, a bit, that is the conversation, right? Because I really liked it. Nico Collins, rostered in just over 55% of leagues. Guy had over 11 targets as well. That's what, someone what, what that, percentage? 55 percent 55 thank you and that's another guy like i would almost rather go with a guy like that who i feel like is going to have a who? season nico collins oh yeah a season's worth of at target share rather than puka the question is the right. first couple of weeks there's a chance that puka continues to see double digit targets so that's sort of the question when you're looking at the waiver wire yeah i don't know when cooper cup's going to be back i do find it hard to believe that they're going to have space for two receivers if cooper is if, if cooper cup is his usual self in this offense consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, if he's the real deal, he will be a fantasy starter. Also, Matthew Stafford looked great and he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league when healthy. Uh, Also, I stand by my concerns with the defense. They're going to have some bad games, I believe. And if that's the case, then the Rams are going to have to throw to stay competitive and that's going to open up the opportunity. So I disagree. If Stafford's healthy and plays well, I think they could support two fantasy starters. Okay, let's seen. rip through more. Is that why you're the lowest on him, Mike? Let's talk about For Michael this Pittman. Week. You okay. mentioned 49 see the 49ers defense? The 49ers defense was really good. They were really good. All right, let's talk about Michael Pittman here. He looked fantastic in week one yeah, with did. Anthony Richardson awesome. under center. Yeah. Eight, excuse me, eight catches? Eight catches. 97, 97 yards. yards, one touchdown on 11 targets. Tell you what, that's the only, th- here are a couple things that matter to me. He's going to dominate targets in this offense. Mm-hmm. The fact that they trusted Anthony Richardson to throw the football 37 times so in week much. one was awesome. Mm-hmm. Who's the second best receiver on this roster? Pass. It could be Josh Downs. But Alec Pierce will be the vertic- more of a vertical threat. Low targets, what, the people are starting to get concerned about Alec Pierce already in Indianapolis. So Michael Pittman is going to stand out like a sore thumb in this wide receiver room. Love the opportunity here for Michael Pittman being a value going forward. Yeah, they called a, adjusting for game script, they called a pass-first offense, which was not the expectation. A lot not of volume all. for the passing. If that continues, Richardson will be a star. <laughs> Pittman will be fine. Uh, career low, five and a half average depth of targets. A lot of short-range stuff. That's don't fine care. in PPR. That's don't fine in PPR as long as the target shares. Huh? I don't remember if we said this on Monday, but any chance that, Field, you just said this, the Rashad White, James Cook thing. Is there a chance that Michael Pittman was actually the DK Metcalf we were thinking about and maybe not the Tampa Bay wide receivers? Michael Pittman, the guy that everybody huh. faded because Anthony Richardson. You don't want Anthony Richardson throwing the football to Michael Pittman. Interesting. And he might deliver some potential flex value here. We'll see. I will get back to you on that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't have a good enough I one. For right I, now. I, I should, one. Yeah, I want to reiterate, I still have volume concerns in this offense. It was a good start. It was week one. Good test we this don't over, Yeah, That uh, Texans defense is mm-hmm. legit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mike, how are you feeling about your Garrett Wilson stock? How'd you adjust? Not but great. Is, how yeah. much time do we have? Because uh, <laughs> I got to be honest, Monday wasn't feeling too good about this. This one hurts for sure. Um, I also, did you know this? Uh, 
that touchdown that he caught, which was actually thrown to the defender and yeah. he reached yes. over <laughs> from Tredavious White shattered him in this game. That was part of on a big chunk of his snaps is part of why he had a not as much volume as we hoped for. Uh, that was the first touchdown ever in a regular season game from Zach to Garrett Wilson. Wow. He had zero of his touchdowns were from Zach Wilson last season. No How way. about that? Yeah. Uh, so, and I looked at that nine games with Zach Wilson last year, 24% target share. That's great. 8.6 fantasy points per game. No touchdowns. He would have been, that would have been 60th over the full season. Yeah. Not great. He doesn't, I mean, you heard it from Garrett Wilson himself. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers apologized to him and said like, sorry, kid, like, you know, I mean, Guys. you know, the, the vertical passing game is not going to be as good with Zach not Wilson. Close. Let's, just, let's not- just, it's not. And I know like right now, and I think that I, I have said this clearly. I think the Jets plan initially will be to stick with Zach Wilson as the yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Trying out Chad Henney. Did I see? Like they're, they're uh, no, he's the retired. I think that one's going to stay retired. Okay, too. All right. Guys, do you remember when the Jets were close to trading for Aaron Rodgers this offseason? The way that the Jets players who are now Aaron Rodgers teammates were publicly victory lapping on Twitter. Like, yes, we finally got a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Aaron Rodgers is a four-time MVP. It's huge, right? Those guys like Zach Wilson still on the team. Mm-hmm. His confidence like, has got to be so low. Of course it is. If you think this, like I get it. He's had a, a four month stint to learn from Aaron Rodgers, and the pressure is different now because the jets don't have as much recourse because there's really not that many quarterbacks that at least at this moment are super available. But if you think Zach Wilson is all of a sudden a reformed player because of a couple of months learning behind Aaron Rodgers, just watch the game again on Monday yeah. night. It was still, I mean, it was not exactly a super inspiring performance. So I've got uh, Wilson is closer to, I've got him as wide receiver 15 this week. I kind of feel like that's where he's going to settle in weekly as opposed to the hope that he might be wide receiver five on a weekend. Week yeah, basis. Could, be, could be even lower and they're playing Dallas. So he's going to be on the perimeter. He's going to see Teron Diggs and Stefan Gilmore throughout this game. So it is another really tough match. Am I the only person in a super flex league that are all the quarterbacks were taking that put down way too much money of my fab on trying to get Zach Wilson as a quarterback? Do you guys, because when you're in a super flex league, all the starting quarterbacks yeah, are I mean, gone. Like there yeah, is some every starting there. quarterback should be rostered. Exactly. I don't know about too much fab, but uh, yeah, well, it's like how much do you spend on? Yeah, uh, so it's tough. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Zay Flowers here. Zay Flowers also looked unbelievable. I cannot <laughs> believe field. You're outside the top 30. Mike and I know what's going on here. Usually I'm on your side with yeah, this. You but are, right? <laughs> yeah, you are, right? Yeah, what's happening um, here? No, you that's a good point. Uh, no, I do love Zay Flowers. Um, you guys might be able to convince me on this one. The only thing I'd say about Zay Flowers was just that, uh, and maybe he, he is kind of perfect for this, but it was all yak in week one, it which was. if that's the formula for them, it might not be the worst thing. I just think that the upside might be a little bit harder to achieve, even with great volume, uh, because I just think touchdowns are harder to come by. If the average depth of target is 2.7 yards, which was it was Jaylen in week Waddle? one, his rookie season, it was, it's basically what it was. It yeah. was, I will say this. They only had as a team, 21 targets. Yeah. He had 10 of them. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, the that's a really great. good sign. They were, they you were just building around him in, yep. in the, in that offense. Totally. Yeah. All right, another guy we're going to talk about real quickly, and then we're going to move on to some players. Oh, no, we'll talk about tight ends and some players really far apart. We don't have to, whatever. Brandon Ayuk. Guys, we're finally here in this spot. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. We're looking at both Mm -hmm. of them as being potential starters within this 49ers offense because Brock Purdy looked really efficient. Not a guy that I'm interested in in fantasy, but for maybe at least supporting. Not yet. In a two-quarterback league and something like that, but you look at what he did for these wide receivers. And I feel like there is more than enough talent to, to be able to supply these guys with fantasy value for us. This one to me is fairly simple. Actually goes back to the heart versus head thing. You're really not going to play a guy 
with that much talent and that good of an offense in a matchup that even though the Rams defense played really well last week, this is not the 85 Bears they're playing. Like, of course, you're playing Brandon Ayuk. You're playing him. Got you're yeah. playing all the 49ers, basically. Brandon Ayuk drafted outside the top 35 of wide receiver, all of a sudden inside the top 20. Yeah. Now, let me tell you this, though. If you woke up on Monday morning and Brandon Ayuk had four catches for 37 yards, would I be stunned? No. Mm-hmm. Of course yeah, not. I talked about that Monday, right? He had three 20-plus point games last year, two with two touchdowns, just like in week one. He averaged 10 fantasy points per game in his other, including the playoffs, 17 other games last year. He also had seven, eight or more A-plus target games last season. Yeah. He had eight targets in week one. So we've seen this before. The question now becomes, can he do this most weeks? Yep. Which is what we need for him to be a, a lineup lock, or is he going to continue to be boom-bust like he's been throughout his career? Guys, That's the question. we already knew this. This is what, like, this is, if you know you're going to have that up-and-down nature within this offense, aren't you going to also have it with Debo Samuel? Yeah, but uh, maybe. So if you have that, would you rather spend a fifth-round pick on Debo Samuel or the ninth-round pick on Brandon Ayuk? I'm not convinced you'll have, I'm not convinced you're going to have nearly as much of an up-and-down nature with Debo Samuel as you might with Brandon Ayuk, because as recently as 2021, there was a sample in which we saw Debo Samuel be the guy in this offense yeah. and the highest scoring receiver totally in fantasy football. Not in this offense. No. Okay. We'll, we'll find out. Office, but we'll find out. We'll, find, we'll out. find out. Yeah, we have that board bet already. Let's talk about Drake London. Are you starting Drake London or is he just relegated to your bench until you finally see something from him? Field? It depends on what like scoring criteria you're looking for. Like, yeah, wait, I just want him to get any routes, points. routes run are good. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, blocks are good. Um, yeah. Um, no, how can you? I mean, he had one target last week. All right. So I saw to, this. I saw the stat this morning about how Desmond Ritter has the lowest interception percentage since the start of last year amongst quarterbacks. Is that because I also have a low times? interception rate? Yes, I also don't yes. throw any passes. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, man. The fewest number of stuff. passes thrown by a starting quarterback in week one. It was. Uh, do you want me to give you a some? Well, first of all, I'll give you a, a negative point here for this week and then okay. a positive point. The negative point is he's likely going to try the Jair Alexander shadow. He shadowed Not DJ Moore last week, and you may recall more yep. uh, 25 yards in that game. Here's the positive. I look back at the four Ritter starts last year because I was like, man, it, you know, a lot of volume target, then. Yeah. 33% target share in those four games. That's nine per game. So you can't say, well, it's such a low volume game. Nine targets per game in those four games. A plus in all four. He was 10th in the NFL in targets during those four games and was 21st in fantasy points despite zero touchdowns. So this could be a fluke, right? I, I They're going to use London. It's going to be better days are going to be ahead for him. They didn't run a lot of plays in this game. They ran the ball. They had a lead by two touchdowns for, or a, at least a touchdown throughout most of this game. Uh, I, I did reduce him, obviously, because that was scary what we saw last week, and they're still going to run it a lot. But there is some reason to expect him to at least get back on track. Makes me sad. Yeah. I want to talk about one more guy. Do you guys mind? Can we ditch the tight end talk and instead do the players we're far yes, apart on? I, exactly I just feel like what whatever. Tight ends, Jake Ferguson, uh, you know, it's like interesting, but not a guarantee lock. And yeah, those Zachers, are still tight end too. So we're going to talk about Zachers and Jake Ferguson or whatever. Yeah. Up, going up and not startable yet. All right. So then here's where it's at. Why are you guys cowards about George Pickens? Uh, well, let's see. Where are cowards. you at? Let's see. I'm at wide receiver 29. Field, you're at wide receiver 48. Mike, you're at wide receiver 37. Oh, yeah. I, th- I might have some sort of clerical error there with okay, George Pickens. The there's judge. no way the- that I have him at wide receiver 49. I in my, in my brain. Is a top 39 wide receiver this week. Well, no field. Deontay Johnson. So <laughs> yeah, obviously we was- should expect him. That was his pre-Deontay Johnson yeah, news. Maybe. No, I, I think it might have been as simple as like okay. I clicked the wrong button there uh, during our rankings process because, uh, yeah, of course you're more optimistic on George Pickens. Uh, well, then let me ask Mike then because if you're not far go for it. yeah go Mike, for why it. are you a coward on george pickens wait well i'm in the middle of you two right now so <laughs> why, how far are you going are you moving about tw- you're 20 spots off you're gonna go from 40 no, to 20 up to like um, probably probably like 37 at. or so <laughs> i'd more like 36 yeah okay so a little higher so i am yeah. the lowest yeah. all right okay. uh uh yeah well he hasn't done it yet 
I mean, he, that was his most targets since what week uh, five of last season. He had 36 yards in this game, and yeah, Deontay played a chunk of that game. But uh, look, I targets. love the skill set, but we need to see the the performance. I think for now to call him a flex, I have him ranked as a flex. I think that's totally fair. Uh, Allen Robinson was soaking up targets. Calvin Austin was soaking up targets. Do you Pat think Fireman that Alvin Robinson, Allen Robinson, will continue to soak up targets this week? Yeah. The number By, two wide receiver, right? Yeah, he's going to be the two. Calvin Austin's actually playing outside. But he's small. We thought he'd be a slot guy. Robinson's in the slot. Austin and Pickens will be outside. Uh, I just hope they design six to eight plays per game for Pickens and, and target him that often. That's what he's going Five to need. Five yards per attempt for Kenny Pickett. That was the concern for me coming yeah. into this season was like, is this offense way too horizontal? Week one, it was. Yeah, it was the Niners, though. Maybe, but again, it's the cle- it's, that's another thing, by the way. They're playing the Browns. Did you see the what Browns, they did to the they, Bay- The Bengals didn't even have 100 passing yards that's, last although, week. Can I really look at that game and say, hey, the that defense sucks. did everything because of the weather, right? That's my only question that's about That's part it. of it, but I, the Browns, well, whatever. I, I came into the season high on the Browns' defense, so I think they're going to do it again. I just think they, they have a very, very good defense. And they All were right, without Juan Thornhill as well in that game. I think that George Pickens is going to be a top 34 wide receiver this week. 34, let's see. What are we? Are you I'm cheating here? I'm at 29, you're at what? Oh, yeah, 37. 37. All right, so what did you say? Top what? 34. I even gave you some. Yeah, I you even did. gave you a lot. I was saying he's going to be a top 33 wide receiver. Okay. You good with that? Yeah, whatever you said. I, I think George you. Pickens will be a top 33 wide receiver here in week two. I think George Pickens will not be a top 33 fantasy receiver in week two. Put on the board. Put it on the board. Oh, love that field. It's hey, like a sounder. I don't know why I just grabbed that mic there, but it felt important. Yeah. It was sort of like, it kind of like a, you're a, a wrestling like, referee. Yes. Yeah, you take it all yes. sudden, I'm the, those, it was a, it's a, it's Bob Baffert, Michael Baffert, Bob Baffert. This is Bob so Baffert. bad. I have no idea. Bob, I'm sorry if you're watching um, this right now. So that's like, that's basically a touchdown bet. If he scores, it's over. Yeah. You won. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> All right. Really, there's, we don't have a whole lot of time left. Field, do you want to give one more player that you it's like? Or Bob you wanna... Baffert. I'm, I'm completely screwed. Bob Baffert's the horse guy. I'm an yeah. idiot. I'm thinking of the guy, the ring announcer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Let's get yeah, ready to rumble. We can't, yeah, I don't know. Mike, Michael, Michael Buffer. Michael, there it is. that's it. I don't Michael know. I'm not familiar with Buffer. that name. So. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, How children of all ages. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Idiot. This is like the third thing that I've really screwed up. Completely unrelated to fantasy football. On top of all the stuff that I've screwed up that actually is fantasy football. What kind of a podcast is this? Not a comedy Not podcast. I'll tell you that. What is that going to be? What? Right? Took it right so out of my mouth. I was <laughs> moving up the charts. We're merging way too fast. What? Gosh. We're oh. moving up the comedy charts? Too? That's yeah. so good. That's going to do it for us today. We got a lot more rankings conversation. We're going to keep on doing throughout the week. We got the squirrel report that is coming out. Make sure that you send us some voicemails, guys. That phone number is real. Go check it out on my Twitter. We're going to be back, and we're going to preview a freaking football game tomorrow. Football already. Hey, yo. I am so glad it's football season. For Field Jates, for Mike Clay. My name is Daniel Dopp. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. Call the score report. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Can we make sure? Okay, just go to the po- comedy section of wherever your podcast. <laughs> Rate, subscribe, review. Best comedy podcast yeah, I'm ever. not familiar with the Squirrel Report. Is that a Shadow Report parody? It, wow. is, it is close to that, yeah. 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 If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yay.
She's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's Field Yates Two guys drove to work Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.